Shokyo, our Sailor Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha, and in this episode, we'll be talking about episodes 116 to 121 of the original Sailor Moon anime. Mm-hmm. So, things start getting pretty serious. Like, it's almost like me met doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of focus around Hataru. Yeah. Yeah, she's finally an active part of the story. Which, I mean, there are 12 episodes that we have to cover. Six of them we're covering in this episode, so it's, like, about time? (laughs) Yeah, it was really odd. It's really Yeah, it was really odd how long it took to get to her, you know? Mm -hmm. Because she's so instrumental to this arc, and they're just like, oh yeah, this girl exists, you know? (laughs) Like, mm, they've made choices in terms of the story. Yeah. That I do not understand. I I think it would have been better if she had been introduced sooner and just kind of floated around in the background as Chibiusa's friend, you know? Um, yeah. Because then, then their friendship would have been a little bit more, like, established. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's, it's very much... Um, it's very much tell, don't show <laughs> the way they're doing it. It's like, she is my friend. You are my friend. You are my friend. And uh, it's like, okay, but what makes you guys friends? You just like, this girl, I've selected her. She is my friend now. My best friend. Oh, you know? Okay, you say that, but that's literally what you did to me. Okay, yeah, but then there are actually, <laughs> there were actions that went along with that too, though, you know? Yeah, that's, that's fair. But like, Chavis is really small and Hotaru has never had a friend, so like. Yeah. They've kind of, like, trauma-bonded to each other without realizing that there's trauma-bonding happening. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that later in their own episode. But we're going to start with episode 116. Mm -hmm. And it starts really cutely because it's the Moon family out shopping. Because Mamoru is buying stuff for Shibuya's upcoming field trip. And Isaki gets unnecessarily jealous in the store. And so they start... (laughs) Like, he's literally buying her, like, a tiny rabbit backpack. It's not that big of a deal. And anyway, Usagi and Chibi used to start fighting, and Hitaru is passing by and sees them. And because in the last episode, she's like, don't be friends with me, there's something wrong with me. She sees them and then kind of hurries along. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially since, like, she remembers, like, oh, my life used to be like that when my mom was alive. You know, my dad wasn't weird. Um, But (laughs) Chibi sees her running away and goes after her. And, um, Hitaru is just, Hitaru just kind of, like, cuts her off as quickly as she can and just runs off. And Isaki's like, you know, Haruka said to avoid her, but I think she's a good girl, so. I, I also just thought it was funny that Chibiusa ran out of the shop still wearing the bag that hasn't been paid for yet. Mm-hmm. She's wearing this bag, she runs after Hotaru. It's like, uh, 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 oh, it's okay, the parents are still in there, you know? They all know. Yeah, the 90s, the 90s were a different time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but, uh. We go to Tomoe in his basement, and he's cackling over something. It doesn't matter, it's the same thing he's usually cackling over. Yeah. But then he's interrupted because the doorbell rings, and Kaori opens. He was talking to the evil Hotaru. That's right. Yeah, that's what that's what was happening. Yeah, he's talking to evil Hotaru, who is uh, reestablishing the bad guy's goal, saying to get hearts for her, and then he's interrupted by the doorbell ringing, which 
Mm-hmm. Like, Hotaru's teleportation abilities are impressive. <laughs> look, my girl has a lot of power. And yeah. I, that's something that I do appreciate about the anime. It's just like, look, this girl has a shit ton of power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't know what it is, but she's got a lot of it. Um, and so Kaori opens it, sees Chibisa. Chibisa is like, please give this rabbit backpack to Hotaru. And Kaori's like, I don't want to do that. But like, Professor Tomoe shows up and he's like, I approve of this friendship, which is weird. Yeah. But the backpack is given to Hotaru. Hotaru finds a note inside of it that's inviting her to a picnic with the Moon family. And we get another cute Moon family scene of like, Usagi having packed this massive picnic basket. Yeah. For like any eventuality and Mamoru being like I don't know if this is gonna fit in the trunk of the car (laughs) right and then she's like I could eat some of it so it'll be smaller and it's like the basket's gonna be the same size where did you get such a big basket it's huge she she weaved it herself (laughs) (laughs) you know what if we're going off after if we're going off of the ADD theory, that's very possible. Because time blindness, she mm-hmm. sat there for like 8 to 12 hours just weaving that thing and was like, yay, it's done. You know? <laughs> right? It's literally probably just like going to Maka-chan's house and putting on a movie and like literally just weaving baskets. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like to imagine where it like, it's like, he's like, I want to get into something like this. And Mako knows. <laughs> and so they just do it together. This is, this is my new headcanon. This head is all headcanon. Yeah, it's okay. This is, this mm-hmm. is a thing now. Uh, <laughs> but Chibisa is worried that Hotaru is not actually going to show up. But then she does and it's great. And we get like a cute little montage of them having fun in the park and eating. And it's really cute. They do, like, photos. There's another part there that made me laugh, because, like, they walk up to the park, and, like, Chibius is like, wow, this is awesome! And it's, like, a field. It's just, like, grass. Mm -hmm. But then I'm thinking about what the future looks like, and I didn't see a whole lot of plant life. I didn't, it was, like, a lot of crystals. A lot of crystals. So maybe, like, a big field of grass is pretty impressive for her, you know? (laughs) Yeah, Right, like, I wonder if, like, she's never seen it that big and expansive, because she lives in, like, the literal heart of Crystal Tokyo, so it's just like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah, (laughs) but it's cute, it's very cute, Mm -hmm. they're doing cute poses, they're taking photos, so we get some stills of them just being adorable and having fun. It's really cute. Then Hotaru gets distracted by this giant greenhouse of Malusagi and Chibiusa do whatever they do in the background, like, Mamoru stands next to her and is like, yeah, I actually know the guy who runs this greenhouse. <laughs> yeah, and he says he grows roses. And I like the the English job. He there's like a little pause, and he says, "I like roses," and it's really cute. Oh my god, that's so good! I don't think they they don't do that in the Japanese. No, yeah, dub. like no, it's just like yeah, like my senpai grows roses here is pretty much what it goes, and I was just like, is this where Tuxedo Mask gets all of his roses? It kind of implies that in English. It's really cute, because he's like, yeah, he, he grows it. He's a good friend of mine. And then he's like, he, he grows all kinds of roses. I like roses. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's cute. It's so cute. Anyway, it's so cute. They go in, and like this dude has six children who are delivering his lunch, and we later on in the episode, we see that he has a wife who is pregnant with a seventh. And Mamoru's just like, oh my god, he has more? Like, 
clearly the last time he saw him was just like this this was like two children ago. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. He's been busy. <laughs> yeah. But he calls him senpai in Japanese. And again, it like was one of those things where I'm like, if he's your senpai, how old are you? Yeah. This is a grown man with six children. Right, right. Yeah. Like what kind of what kind of sem- like like what makes him your senpai? Because like it doesn't necessarily have to be like they went to school together. Mm-hmm. It could just be like someone he met and like admires who is just like anyway botany. Right. So well, we know we know Mamoru has such a huge plethora of interests and and studies. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is it's it's botany, you know. Yeah, but um. Yeah, it's it's really cute though, and, and we don't know how young this guy was when he started having kids either. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, Mimet's there to steal the botanist's heart, um, but she sees Mamoru. Yeah, Mimet is completely underwhelmed by the because pro- the professor selected this guy as a target, and she's completely underwhelmed because he's not cute. He's already married. He's got all these kids, and kids are gross. And yeah, she sees Mamoru and uh, thinks he would be a much better target. <laughs> and like full on flirts with him and Isagi gets really annoyed and Mamoru immediately shuts her down. It's great. He's just like, it's great. He's like, I'm here with my family. And she's like, what family? And she's like, oh, your sisters? Because that's what she thinks Isagi and Chibiusa are. And he's like, no, my future wife and daughter. Yeah. And then leaves. Yeah, it's great. And I was just like, I I love you. I love you so much. I'm like, this is the memory that I want. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was great. It's amazing. And it's cute because Usagi gets all, you know, she's all flattered and, and lovey-dovey. Mm-hmm. And it's it's adorable. <laughs> it's cute. And then, like, a random hailstorm starts out of nowhere. Uh, <clears throat> and, like, Hotaru had stayed behind because, like, they were moving to a different area and she told Chibiusa she wanted to stay for a little bit longer in that space. And so a big storm comes in. Chibiusa like runs to go and get Hotaru. And we get like reference back to last season because Chibiusa is still scared when there's lightning. Yeah. And uh, Hotaru is helping the botanist because the botanist guy is like there was nothing in the forecast for this and he's trying to protect his plants because Hale has knocked open one of the glass panels in the roof. Yeah. And so he's trying to block that by hammering a wood <laughs> block into glass. He's trying to and I just up. sat <laughs> Yeah. But it's not like it's not like with like the frame of the glass. Like it's on the glass still. I think they were trying like it- Yeah, so this it's you know, it's a greenhouse, so it's a series of glass panes held together by a supposedly metal um frames you know so i Mm -hmm. think it was supposed to look like he's trying to nail it to the frame but it literally just looks like he's fully it looks like he's put this piece plank of wood up against the glass and is like hammering it just like i gotta block this yes it fully did not reach the frames at all It's... It was so weird. But Hotari's like holding it in place while he like hammers it. And that's when uh, we get the daimon. Uh, its name is Ubara. Bara means rose in Japanese. Uh, Hotari gets knocked out. Dude gets his crystal taken. The Sailor Moons show up. Tuxedo Mask makes a great appearance <laughs> uh, where he's scolding the daimon. Like literally the the captions read the rose attack is my special technique I don't like imitators yeah yeah it, it translated over 
amazing. Yeah. Like, I'm like, this is the tuxedo mask that, I, that I've waited for. <laughs> they did a really, they, this was a really good Mamoru episode. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. got to reflect his personality really well. Yeah. Um, Hataru's powers activate and Ubara is weakened and that's when we get crisis makeup and then like rainbow moon heartache. And like the resounding thing, like the thing that I just keep bringing up with every episode in this episode of the podcast is just like, girl, why do you not just show up as Super Sailor Moon? You know you have to do a Rainbow Moon Heartache at the end of this. <laughs> I think the reason that's the case is because they're still trying to show that it's exhausting her of power. So like once she does, I think she only has a small window of time she can do that. But they definitely don't establish that clearly. No. Yeah. It does. Yeah, they don't show her being tired after every Rainbow Moon Heartache. Yeah, yeah. It's only anyway. in some episodes um, that they actually depict yeah. it. Um, But yeah, Hotaru yeah. weakens it. I, I, I'm wondering why, like, the evil ver- version of her, I think there's still so much, like, bleed between her and, like, the evil version of her. Because she, like, grabs one of the roots mm-hmm. and drains the daemon of, like, its life force. And that gives Sailor Moon the chance to finish it off. But, like, there's a couple times where she, like, she, you know, we'll, we'll see as we go on that she actually uh, damages or drains the, the daemons. And it's, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, supposedly at this point, those are technically her allies. But, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Well, there's kind of, like, there definitely seems to be, like, some times it seems like it's Mistress Nine. Or, like, what we know is Mistress Nine, but hasn't been revealed in the anime yet. And half, like, sometimes it seems like it's Saturn powers. Ah, uh, yeah, that and would make sense. And it's just kind of like a weird... Yeah, it's a weird mix where, like... And then also, like, Hotaru is doing... Like, physically is doing a lot more than she ever has in the past. hmm So, now, like, she's draining her own energy, not realizing, like, oh, she needs to conserve it, which is why... Her dad and Kaori Knight are always like, you gotta stay inside and don't hang out with people. Yeah. Um, so she sees the diamond. The diamond has the energy that, like, is familiar to her. And she's like, gimme. Yeah, yeah. That's probably good. Or she's in danger and she has to blast it away from her. Yeah. So it's, but yeah, it's, it's not entirely clear, but there's, it, there could be various reasons why. But, um, yeah, it works mm-hmm. out. We start to see that more as the episodes go on. Uh, mm-hmm. Episode 17 opens with Tuxedo Mask giving a recap about the outer senshi and their purpose, like specifically like Tenose, Meose, like like all of the, the whole thing. And I'm just like, why are we doing this? But then I remember like, oh, this is a weekly show. So this is probably a recap because we're coming into the end game of the season. And then we see, like, Mamoru in the most amazing outfit he's ever worn. He's wearing black jeans or slacks and, like, a black jacket with, like, a little black armband and, like, this blue sh- collared <laughs> shirt. And he looks so good. The fashions are starting to improve. Like, it's so good. And, like, he's talking, he's doing the recap for the inners and they're all wondering, like, what what's happening and that sort of thing. And Later on, Mamora uses the internet to research Professor Tomoe, but we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the witches four playing Twister at work, 
and like Professor Tomoe is just like lurking in the doorway and it fully looks like he's just like looking up Mimet's lab coat. Yeah, it does. It's creepy. It's just it's it's really creepy, but then he comes in, he's like, you're basically is like tells them off for tells Mimet off for goofing off and is like, here's the target. And uh it's this rising track athlete that Hotaru really admires because he was sickly as a small boy and now look at him he's very physically he's not just physically fit like he's an actual like pro athlete yeah and hotaru's watching him on tv because like he's a big star and she writes a fan letter to him which is so cute and then kaori shows up and laughs at her yeah it's just a complete dick about it and she does this twice. She's like invading her space and she's making fun of what she's doing. And I'm just like, lady, what is your problem? Like, did you need to add psychological abuse onto the issues that this girl has? Right? It's also like, this is not a way to like get Hotaru to stay inside with you. Right. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? You are actively acting against your own best interests. It's got- like, I know you're evil, but also. Mother Gothel vibes right there. You know, just the oh gaslighting. Oh my god, I like, I literally like wanted to jump into the TV and smash <laughs> Carrie's face. Like, I was so mad. <laughs> um, yeah. But Hotaru leaves and meets up with Usagi and Shibiusa and, you know, tells them like, this is like a thing. And they both are so sweet and they like really highly encourage her. They don't make fun of her at all. They're like, no, this is a completely normal thing to do. Yeah, and they encourage her to um, send the letter, but she's like, oh, but I don't have the address. And they're like, well, pretty sure he's still at the arena. Why don't we go to the arena and just deliver it? So they they wind up talking her into going to the arena with them. Yeah, they literally go to like whatever track and field place he's training at. And it's great because Met is also there and she shows up and there's like this little paper sign saying like no unauthorized personnel or something like that. And she tears it down because she's like, nothing will keep me away from him. And then you hear like a cough and she turns and we get like one of the internet's greatest gifts. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a, it's a security officer in glasses and a brown outfit, just like staring at her with like this frozen smile. And they just like, look at each other just cuts back and forth until she like slowly uncrumples the paper and posts it back up and then she looks at him and he like slowly raises the okay symbol with his hand yeah and then she slowly raises okay with her hand and then she <laughs> it's such a funny clip i like once i was watching when i was watching that episode i had to send that to youtube just cuz it's like I finally know where mm-hmm. this is from, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was one of those moments where I just, like, slapped the couch and pointed at the screen. Uh-huh. And like, oh my god, it's the gift. <laughs> it was... It's why, like, Star Wars is partially ruined for me, because every time I watch it, I'm like, ah, the meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny, because, again, it's it's one of these times where you they're using the minimum minimal budget to their advantage, you know? Because uh, literally, like, literally, the okay symbol, th- th- this is not animation. This is them just slowly panning, like, shifting that cell up. You know, this is just a cell, mm-hmm. a painted cell that's, like, sliding up slowly. You know, it's, like, perfectly still cell that they're just moving, it's a- you know? <laughs> it's 
It's honestly amazing. It's oh. really an example of how to use your low budget to your advantage. It is, because like that whole thing, the quiet back and forth, it, these are just, these are still frames, but they figured out mm-hmm. how to make a gag with this. And how many dollars did they save just doing that for a second? And it's so funny, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, it's amazing. You gotta save money. You gotta save money somewhere. So do something creative with it. So I, I love that. I love that is one thing I actually really admire about anime because again, these are these are series, you know, so you need to make a lot of episodes. So you do have to save money. Um I'm impressed when anime do that in a really creative way. Um because mm-hmm. I hate when you see an anime and it's just talking heads. Like, you have an extreme close-up on the face and the mouth is just moving. And they do that just kind of back and forth. And that's how they save money. And you're just like, no, 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 no. Dynamic shots. Come on. But Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. I'm really impressed with this part of the series where they're being really creative about it. And the way they're... Because <laughs> this was... I mean, this exists in meme history now. <laughs> Yeah, this is, like, I don't think a lot of people who use this GIF know that it's a Sailor Moon GIF, because it's kind of, like, it kind of looks like a generic 90s anime yeah, guy. Yeah, you know? and that's, that's this, this episode, I see the art style has shifted quite a bit, and I think it's a gag. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's a parody. I think they're doing some parody in this one. <laughs> Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. Um, Chibiusa provides, so like going back to the episode, Chibiusa provides a little bit of distraction, but then she runs into the outers who were there. I'm not sure if they're stalking Hotaru or if they're like, just, they just like know that this guy is going to be the target. They always seem to know um, who the target's going to be somehow. Yeah, they always seem to know. But like, uh, then we hear a bunch of whistles because all the security guards are chasing after Usagi, who is literally like, who is dragging Hotaru so fast that like Hotaru's feet basically don't touch the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> like she's, she's clearly like kind of like what practically skipping. Cause like Usagi's moving so fast to try to get her to like this athlete, Shun Hayase. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> Hotaru's like, slow down. I can't. Usagi's like, no, we got to go fast. We got security after us. We got to go. Yeah. Um, but they do get surrounded by all these security guards who just, who, don't speak, just literally whistle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's so cartoony and it's great. Right. And like again, this is why we haven't seen any of the Sakino family, because voice actors cost money. Yeah. And that's just and that's just animation that you don't want to waste time on. Uh but they surround her and like Usagi's just like, we just wanna like deliver this letter and is like trying to reason with the security guards, but like the athlete actually comes up and is like realizes like oh here's like this young girl who's clearly an admirer and Hotaru's completely shell-shocked like she's so frozen she can't speak she can't hand him the letter Usaki's trying she's like give it to him and like Chibiusa does like a literal cheer in the stands Mm -hmm. to get Hotaru but like Hotaru's completely frozen and just staring at him and this is when we met gets furious because how dare this nobody child get on the field and meet this athlete that she admires and that's when she releases the daimon undokai Mm -hmm. and i had to look this up because i was like this is this is this means something there is a pun here that i am missing because undokai comes out and is like a track and field athlete with a big shell on her back like a hermit crab shell and i'm like i 
Yeah, and I was like, I have to Google this. I had to pause the episode. So undokai is actually like the word that's used to describe sports day in Japanese elementary schools. And there's like a whole history to that that I'm not going to get into. I suggest like looking it up on Wikipedia because it actually has origins in like military stuff. Um, But the the, uh, last syllable, kai, is actually usually what's used to denote um, a shell. So it's like double puns because it's like sports, obviously. So undokai, but then she has a shell on her back. <laughs> That's cute. So I love in, I love undokai, but she attacks, uh, and there's like a big fire, and Usagi is getting Hataru away, and Hataru lets go of the letter, and it falls into the fire, and Usagi kind of puts her in a stairwell where, she, where she's like passed out, like to be like, okay, you'll be safe over here. I'm going to go transform and fight this guy. And so we have the moons fighting, like the outers aren't doing anything. Um, <laughs> and Mimet and Indokai like get the heart crystal and they're like, all right, let's get away while we have the chance. And they leap into the stairwell where Hotaru is and Mimet's running. And Indokai sees Hotaru passed out and it's like, oh my God, are you okay? Yeah. She's not like unconscious. <laughs> she's just kind of sitting in the corner. You could tell she's weak. She's kind of, sitting in kind of the fetal position you know but she's sitting upright um but she mm-hmm. just she you can tell she's not feeling okay and yeah I, mm-hmm. i'm just like is, some of these daemons like if they weren't daemons i i don't think would be bad guys you know <laughs> yeah she, like, like it stops and it's like hey you okay do you need to go to the doctor you know <laughs> and then she gets blasted yeah yeah <laughs> The Notaris powers activate and she gets blasted. And, like, you see her, like, you just see, like, a light push her across the field. And then all that's there is the shell. And she kind of comes out and she's like, thank God I have my shell. Because uh, that's what protected her. And then Chibi Moon comes up and, like, does a pink sugar heart attack on her face while she's still in the shell. Yeah. Um, It's very funny. We get crisis makeup, rainbow moon heartache. Ndokai is defeated, the heart crystal is recovered, and then the athlete and Hataru bond. Because he's like, I know why you're here, you're pretty sick too, right? And he's like, I never thought that this, like, I would be like this now, so hopefully this will happen for you too. Yeah. You know, hopefully you'll get better, and you won't be weak anymore. Like, it's very sweet. Yeah, they have a cute little exchange, little heart-to-heart. It's lovely, like, this dude clocked her across the field and was like, oh... I know you. You're me. You're me, like, five years ago. Yeah. And yeah. it's really wholesome. I feel like the targets with me met are, for the most part, are actually people where I would be like, yeah, I can see how they have a pure heart. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the ones uh, that we get actual moments to see them talk and communicate and do things, you know. There's a couple, there's a lot of... Um, throwaway characters but yeah with Mimet it seems like a lot of them they do a little bit more to establish that you know mm-hmm. uh, episode 118 is great honestly I did not remember this episode at all but I was like this is a fabulous episode yeah this was an interesting episode um, it starts with Chibiusa and Hotaru playing games like some kind of card game and Hotaru is kind of I think it's old maid yeah but Hotaru's being her, you know, little sad self, and she she lost, and um, and it's like, well, that's I have bad luck, you know. And she's like, eh, that's mm-hmm. just how it is, and 
Chibius is like, don't be like that just because you lost one game. You know, she's like, stop being so negative. Mm-hmm. And she's, and then she's, she opts to play a game that Hotaru is better at. She's like, let's play this instead. You're good at that game, you know, because she wants to give her the opportunity to win. She's not going to like just let her win, but if there's a game she's better mm-hmm. at, she wants to play that with her, you know? And, um, yeah, it's really sweet. They have a good friendship. They do have a good friendship. It is sweet. Um, then, yeah. And then in the basement, Professor Tomo is making a game Daimon, and Mimet supercharges it by adding, like, 15 other games. Yeah. When he leaves to go get snacks. Yeah, he, she convinces him to take a break, so he leaves to go get snacks. And she's feeling the pressure, because she's like, my job is on the line, I've had so many failures. So she, she chucks all this other stuff in, like, the Daimon-making machine. And uh, it overloads, and splits the house up into all these dimensions and it's uh crazy like uh we see hotaru and chibiusa in her room and as they look out each window like one is looking out over the ocean one's looking out over some different setting and as they open the drawers like the african savannah yeah yeah and as they open the drawers and open things there's all kinds of like one of them has water inside uh chibiusa open what opens um something and uh like a lion a yeah it's a like, desk and a yeah. lion comes out of the desk and so they go to leave the room and they step out uh into into a desert yeah into a desert and they shut the door behind and them it- and the door disappears so now they're lost in some shifting landscape it, it moves from desert to um to jungle to like frozen wasteland and uh, they don't know how to get back. I do want to say when the desert appeared, I was like, my whole brain just went, ah, Moonlight Night. Oh my god, <laughs> no. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was so weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, but before the lion jumps out of the desk, like, Chibius is like, okay, I have to contact the others and uses Luna P to contact the Senshi, like, something strange has happened to the house. Yeah. And so the Senshi do arrive, like, shortly after Tomoe comes back from, like, going to the Kombini uh, with, like, a bag full of snacks going, like, why isn't the key to my home working? And they, and then he hears them behind him and he turns and he's like, oh, my God, have they figured it out? Yeah. Um, for English, that's a convenience store. Convenient. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, yeah, the senshi up here, and they're immediately like, don't worry, we're here to save your daughter. And he's like, okay, I jumped to a conclusion. They have no idea, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, they act really, you know, goofily, and he's like, oh, okay, they're idiots, it's fine. Yeah, they won't They won't figure anything out. Uh, but Mercury is like, okay, let's just open the door. Mercury's like, no, it's going to be incredibly unstable. And so, like, she does, she's trying to, like, info dump on these girls. And, like, Mars and Luna are just kind of acting up. But she's like, we have to do a sailor teleport inside. So that's what they do. And they leave Luna and Artemis and Professor Tomoe outside. Um, they do finally get to Chibiusa and Hotaru. And something happens to Chibiusa? Like, she, pa- like... Well... It the it shifts again and um they're falling off a cliff you know because the ground beneath that's them, right the ground beneath Chibiusa just disappears and um Hotaru goes to grab her to stop her from falling off the cliff and when the senshi find them they're actually on the other side of this chasm um that's yeah. right and uh Venus 
saves them because as they both fall, she sends out a a, a chain, you know, a Venus Love Me chain, mm-hmm. gets a hold of them, pulls them back up. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but outside, like, after the sel- sailor teleperhaps, I forgot, the outers are watching the house, mm-hmm. and um, Michiru expresses concern, like, what if they can't get back out? Because they have, like, there's an hour time limit. And Haruko, like, I was so pissed because she's like, maybe that would be better if none of them come back. And I'm like, what the fuck? I think she's, she does seem to clarify and say, well, it's better for the world if Hotaru's gone. So, but I think she's just being angsty. She's just being an angst. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get it. But at the same time, I'm just like, excuse me, that is your literal princess. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's like, what are you talking about? Anyways, yeah, she's super angsty Anyways. in this, par- this arc. It's just like, ugh, get over yourself. Um, it, yeah, definitely. It's just like, okay, you're not the only one with problems, Haruka. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> back inside the house, um, the Senshi are, con- are, like, talking about, like, well, do we have enough energy to get all seven of us out of here? And is like, if you can only save one of us, save Chibiusa. You know, like, I'm not somebody who deserves to be saved. I'm I'm some, like, I'm a useless person. I should have never been born. And, like, all of the Senshi, like, stop and look at her and, like, put on their, their big sister pants and are like, no, honey, like, we love you. You're precious to Chibiusa, which means you're precious to us. You're important. We're going to get all of us out of here. We're not going to leave you behind. And they're really sweet. They reassure her saying, hey, look, Sailor Mercury is super duper smart. She's smart enough to figure out a way to get us all out. So just hang on, okay? You know? <laughs> and that was, I thought yeah. that was really cute too. Just like, our friend here, super smart. So <laughs> we don't have to say It's so that. sweet. It's adorable. We finally get some good Sailor Mercury shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's precious. So... Um. Anyway, stuff happens. We finally get to like the diamond at the heart of this, which looks like a bizarre queen of diamonds. Like I love the design. I don't know. How to I love it, it too because her face. I mean, it's it's um, yeah, her face and hair look like uh an anime stylization of the queen off of the bicycle cards. So it's um, yeah, it's just. It's a really cool design, and it's really fun to see it in in, in action, too, in motion. Her expressions are really entertaining. Um, it's cool. I, I like it. It's a really neat stylization. Check it out. She's got a nose. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. Her name is U Ikasaman, mm-hmm. and so I looked up Ikasaman, and apparently it means uh, fraud, deception, trickery, and, like, multiple languages. So, like, maybe that meant, like, multiple dialects when I looked it up. Oh, okay. Um, And so, like, the senshi are immediately like, all right, it's time to fight. And she's like, I don't fight. I play games. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's play games. Like, we'll gamble on your lives. And so uh, Jupiter goes first and challenges. And so she pulls out a roulette wheel. 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 She pulls out a roulette wheel. And Jupiter actually wins, and then the thing flips so that Jupiter loses, because, of course, like, Uikasaman is cheating at every game. So then next it's Mars at Jenga, and then we have Mercury at chess, and then finally we have Venus and Moon doing an arcade racing game. And, of course, like, she messes with the game. So, like, like Mercury beats her at chess. And it just explodes. <laughs> yeah, the king just explodes, and it's like, you lost because your king is dead. It's so weird. Yeah. 
Um, she cheats at every single game. And so she's like, yeah, it's great. And so, like, Chibius is like, I challenge you. And so they play, so Chibiusa and Hitaru and Uikasama play Old Maid, and Chibiusa wins. Like, Chibiusa tricks her, because she thinks, like, oh, she's just a little kid, like, her face shows everything. And so she picks a card that she thinks would make Chibiusa sad, and it's the Old Maid card, and Chibiusa's like, ha, I win, you have to let us go. And Uikasama is like, no, I'm only going to do that if this one beats me, and points at Hitaru. And because, again, at the beginning of the episode, Hitaru picked the old maid card, Hitaru is uncertain which of the two cards she should pick, and is swayed by Ui Kasama, and he's like, oh, I wouldn't pick that one if I were you! And Hitaru, like, moves her hand, like, she's not sure, and then the sentier, like, believe in yourself! Yeah. And she wins! It's and she wins, cute. and then Ui Kasama is like, anyway, I lied, uh, I'm not letting any of you out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, Chibiusa, um, oh, at this point, Hotaru faints, right? She gets, she's exhausted after she wins, yeah. so she faints. Chibiusa transforms and um, does a pink sugar heart attack. None of, the attack doesn't hit the, the daemon at all, but it does hit, like, the glass uh, playing card that's encasing um, Usagi, and shatters it, so she does manage mm-hmm. to f- unintentionally free Sailor Moon, and um, they're able to actually, uh, you know, fight. So she right, we get a crisis makeup and a rainbow moon heartache, and um, it's a happy ending. Yeah, and so the the daemon is destroyed. Everyone is set free, and now with the source of it gone, with the daemon gone, the house returns to normal. So they they step out, and um, Tomoe seems revi- uh, relieved that his that his daughter is safe. But he does like you get some inner dialogue where he's like, uh, "They, you know, they're going to regret saving her someday." You know. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty great because, like, throughout this episode, like we will cut to Tomoe who is alternately snacking or napping, and like Luna and Artemis being like like counting down like they only have half an hour left they only have 15 minutes left they only have five minutes left yeah Tomoe seems pretty confident that they're gonna save her because yeah he's just literally sitting on his porch eating snacks drinking soda i think he downed like a whole two liter so he he ate a lot like it was like a full bag of multiple different things and that bag was like the family size bags of chips and stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. this dude this dude grubbed out like like okay so i've not i'm not in academia and i never really was but i am like parallel to a lot of academics and like that's kind of how they be like they will not eat for like 16 hours and then be like oh yeah i forgot that i have a human body <laughs> uh, yeah that makes sense and then sense. they will just binge right just like i need calories now yeah <laughs> yeah that makes sense uh, but yeah. yeah, a lot of academics, I think, like, sit back and go, like, why was I cursed with a human body? <laughs> that checks out. That's that's mm-hmm. why Ami likes sandwiches, because she can eat it and still keep studying. Mm-hmm. She's like, only need one hand for a sandwich. Yep. Amazing. <laughs> um, but episode 119, because that pretty much wraps up that episode. Yeah. Yeah. 119... Let's see, is the planetarium. 
Yes. And it opens with Mars having another one of her world-destroying premonitions. But this time we get more of a close-up on the Messiah of Silence. Mm -hmm. And, like, we have, like, a long hair cape deal, but we see the Silence Glaive. Yeah. And she, she wakes up and she's studying with everybody. And all of the inners are talking about how, like, Hotaru must have a pure heart because all of these enemies seem to be concentrating around her. And Mars wonders, like, I think the person I saw in my premonition was Hotaru. Mm-hmm. Because it gets a little closer and we see, like, the long hair is now a bob. Yeah. So we start to see kind of some clarification. Um, but uh, this is, they're, they're in a study session and this is all kind of interrupted when Chibusa shows up. And she wants Usagi to take her and Hotaru to the opening of this planetarium. And um, Usagi's like, mm, okay, I'll take you. And everyone's like, oh, wow, look at you being all like a mom, you know? <laughs> like Minako and Chibisa like really milk that. They're just like, oh, you're such a good mom. And like Chibisa's like, mama. <laughs> and Usagi's like, I'm not your mother yet, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I haven't even given birth to you yet. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> It's very cute. And then we cut to the outers talking about Sailor Saturn for the first time. Well, and we have eight episodes left in this season. Yeah, uh, but before we cut to them, they pretty much reveal who the target's going to be this episode. Because hosting the opening of this planetarium is, I guess, he's a, is he a radio DJ? I he think so, He seems to be yeah, a radio yeah. DJ. And, of course, Mehmet's targeting the same guy. We cut to her for a little bit. And it's it's basically like he's... he's Whatever. It's the same yeah, deal. Yeah, it's the same deal. He's a good-looking guy, crushes all around, and, uh, yeah. But, yeah, so to the outers. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about Sailor Saturn and her being the senshi of destruction and them being like, maybe that's what's coming, and it's like, fucking finally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chibiusa finds Hotaru after Hotaru is done with school and it's really, it's like a bittersweet moment because Hotaru is walking home and she hears someone shout out what sounds like her name for a second because it's like Tomosa or something Yeah. and so she thinks like one of her classmates is calling for her and then realizes like no, this girl's walk is like running around her to get to her actual friend and she gets sad and she's like no one's ever like run to me after school and that's when Chibiusa runs up shouting Hotaru. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... And it's just, every time they show Hataru being sad, like, it hits me really hard, because I was like, oh my god, I really was you. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it does, it, it's kind of, it's kind of obvious why so many young women related to her, um, because you do get this melancholy from her, you know? She's just always sad she's always sad she she lacks friends and she she's not like i feel like in the 90s and early 2000s we had a lot of like goth characters and um Mm -hmm. you don't quite get that vibe yes she wears all black and yes she has this somberness to her but it's really like this is just her though this isn't some persona she puts on you know yeah, like, she wears black because she's sickly and she's trying to cover something up. She's not a cyborg in the anime, but, like, it's basically just, like, I'm trying to cover myself scars. up as much as possible. Yeah. Her scars, because she was in that lab accident. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and, you know, and people think she's weird and she blacks out and apparently attacks people. And she's just like, I don't know. She's ve- She has no friends. She has no family. She's very isolated. Yeah, her only family is completely unhinged and detached at this point. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so it's really nice when Chibiusa comes to her and was, is like, hey, we're going to the planetary, uh, planetarium opening, come with us. She's like, oh, I, I need to go to, um, I need to go home and tell my dad. And they're like, if you go home and tell your dad, you're going to miss the opening. Just come with us first and then I'll go with you afterwards to explain to him what happened, you know? And like, mm-hmm. All the all the other girls are on board for this. Like even Ami, they're all like, "Yeah, you know, come come with us. You gotta live a little. He'll forgive you. It's not a big deal, you know." <laughs> yeah, like initially they're like, "Yeah, you should tell your parent," but you know, we're going as a big group. Like it's not like you're ditching by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they go to the planetarium. It starts, and then Isagi notices like Setsuna just like lurking in the background. <laughs> Right. And so Usagi and the inners go to her and like, what are you doing here? And so we get another info dump. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she uses she like looks at Mars and is like, You're having premonitions of like the destroyed future and Mars is like, Yeah, and the girls are surprised because for some reason the people who do the anime don't think that the that girlfriends communicate with each other. <laughs> Which like, granted, if people aren't communicating with each other, it has nothing to do with them being male, female, or other. It just has to do with, like, not being good communicators. But, like, these are very close girls. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no reason for Mars not to tell them about this premonition. Anyway, Setsuna uses her garnet orb so that everybody shares in the premonition, and now they all know what she's seen. Right. So, it, she and kind of we- establishes, like, I think it's time we finally let you in on what the heck is going on. You know, because um, her mm-hmm. and the other two outers have already also seen this vision, you know. So, um, yeah, so she reveals it to them. They see the destruction. They see the Messiah of Silence. And she says that, you know, we, um, I've got to tell you about this because the Messiah of Silence will be revealed soon. You know, um, and in... <laughs> In the English dub, I I hope it's not like this in Japanese, because they're like, but who is the Messiah of Silence? And she says, don't worry about that now. And she does say, like, it'll be revealed soon. But it's like, Setsuna, if you know, just tell everybody? What? I mean, like, again, like, a lot of the way they've written the anime is basically just, like, all of this depends on people not talking to each other. It really does, yeah. She's like, don't worry about that now. Why did you just show us the destruction in the future, the inevitable destruction, and be like, but don't worry? Like, uh, what? <laughs> it's very, it's very annoying. <laughs> it's like, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like, so like, while Setsuna is distracting these, because like Haruka earlier was like, maybe them going to the planetary, maybe this is a chance, because they're like, we don't know what power is coming out of Hotaru. Yeah. And Haruka's like, maybe this is a chance for us to see what it is. So, like, Chibius and Hotaru are still in the planetarium. And this is when Mimet attacks. Uh, Mimet, like, pulls out the daimon, whose name is Uchoten. So, Uchoten means ecstatic. Uh, and, like, this this is a very happy daimon. 
Uh, but it can also be read as seventh heaven and like the diamond is in the shape of a star with a bikini top. <laughs> it's way more sexual than how I'm describing it. I remember being like, whoa, <laughs> that's a little, that's a little much for a kid's show. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Um, Mimet uses her charm buster on the audience. Ucho then goes for the special, I put astronomer. He's not an astronomer. He's a DJ. Yeah. Goes for like the DJ. He's narrating everything. Um. And then everybody comes out, starts to fight. Um, the whole audience is unconscious. Mask. The whole audience is unconscious yeah. after Mimet's thing. Mm-hmm. Tuxedo Mask shows up. Chibisa sees, like, that Hotaru's had, like, another attack and is kind of passed out. And she moves to go to get to her. And then she's stopped by Sailor Uranus, who's like, nope, just wait. We're just gonna watch. Uh, and then... Um, she's not, like, a, an she's not ha- unconscious at this point. She's, like, grasping her chest and is, like, obviously in pain. She's suffering. She's having one of her episodes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But... And at this point, I don't remember if the daimon goes for her. Uh, but something happened. For Hotaru? Yeah, because her because the Saturn symbol appears on her forehead. Yeah. Like, something happens. I mean, the, her powers awaken. The fight escalates, more or less. Yeah. Her powers awaken. We get, like, the the specific Saturn Hotaru music. Oh, I and, remember like, what bangs, happens. Her, her bangs go up and we see the Saturn symbol. I remember what, what happens. happens. Okay, okay, because I made a note here. Um, when Tuxedo Masks appears, he, he uses his rose to, like, shatter the thing on the head that the bad guy's using to do her attacks and she's doing these blasts with um you know like it, it creates like a star shape was it as it blasts through things but after he destroys mm-hmm. the thing on her head she pulls that off and she's got like another thing underneath that blasts like several stars at once and it's funny because uh venus says did tuxedo mask just make things much worse <laughs> and <laughs> that's right and that's when the fight is escalating. The, these explosions are happening more often, more frequently, like all over the place. And that's when um, Hotaru has a reaction and the symbol appears on her forehead of Saturn. And now now yeah. all the senshi and are aware that she is also a senshi. So. Yeah, so the inners are surprised. They're like another senshi. And Uchotan is defeated. And then as soon as that's over and, like, Mimet leaves, the outers attack Hotaru. Yeah. We get world-shaking, deep submerge, and dead scream all at Hotaru. And Chibisa, like, moves to stand in front of the attack to protect her. And then Super Sailor Moon, like, Pushes dives in and, like, grabs them out of the way yeah. just in time. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? And the outers are like, yeah, we gotta kill her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, this is what we're talking about. Our job is different than your job. We need to destroy her to save the world. And the inner sense, she are mm-hmm. like, okay. Maybe she is, but maybe she is this other um, senshi. Maybe she is destined for this, but there's got to be some way to save her and save the world. You know, this has been their thing all the way, mm-hmm. all, all along, is there, there must be a way to do this without killing somebody, without a sacrifice of somebody who's good. Um, yeah. But before but then- anything else can happen, as they're arguing over this, they're like holding an unconscious Hotaru now, and she fades away and just reappears in her bed. 
and we hear a reference. Is this our first reference to Pharaoh 90? I think so. It might be the first one in a while, at least, because uh, we flashed to... Like, we've never had a... There has not been a single mention of Master Pharaoh 90 at this yeah. point. Uh, but, like, now the Deathbusters know that Hotaru is Sailor Saturn. Right. And um, Professor Tomoe is, like, looking at some contained um, galaxy... You know, there's like a big glass case, there's this galaxy, and he does actually make a reference to Pharaoh 90 specifically by name, finally. And, and that's kind of leaves the episode on kind of a cliffhanger after that. Yeah, it's not great. And then episode 120 opens up with Chibiusa like desperately running to Hatari's house, and it's completely empty. Like the Deathbusters have completely abandoned it. Yeah. Um, Setsuna's there, and Chibiusa blames her she's like you did this this is your fault and you know she's like Setsuna's like I I came here and it was already empty and Chibiusa blames her and says that she hates her and 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 Setsuna bless her heart takes responsibility just like you know she's like I hate you she's like I understand you know it's like oh you know she takes responsibility for all that pain so that Chibiusa doesn't have to carry all of that you know yeah, we finally get <laughs> some research done. Like, Mamoru finally does an internet search. He looks at Professor Tomoe. He's like, Soichi Tomoe, genetic, like, a geneticist, like, was involved in a lab accident where there was an explosion. Well, um, well, it's... Pluto comes... It's more than just an internet search. It's, um, he, he is able to access, like, academic archives because of, uh, he's, his access to... Because he's in school, basically, you know? So, he, so mm-hmm. he has access to these archives. Um, but yeah, that, that reveals that Professor Tomoe, like, who he is, the fact that he's not only a, a researcher in, um, what is it in? He's a geneticist. Geneticist, yeah. And he's the owner of Mugen Academy. And they're like, oh, you know, everybody goes to Mugen, you know, the Outer Century, they all go to Mugen. And so they speculate whether they've already been checking it out, you know, but they decide they want to infiltrate it and they see an opportunity because there's going to be a lecturer there and it's going to be open to the public. Yeah, so there, yeah, there is a physicist who is going to be giving a lecture and his name is Sergei Asimov. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Because obviously it's supposed to be Isaac Asimov, who is a famous, very well-known uh, science fiction writer, uh, yeah. who wrote uh, "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" That comes from him. Um, we see Tomoe, who's basically telling Mimet, like, "Yeah, you don't have to do this next job," uh, and like hangs up on her. Mimet like keeps the phone on, and he she hears him talk to Telu, like, "You're going to replace her," and Mimet's like, "Well." I have to prove myself. And so she tries to cut Telu out uh, to go for this uh, physicist guy who's presenting at Mugen Gakuen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of this, she's she's getting ready to do this, like, last-ditch effort kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the inners get in there, and they're trying to, they're like, we're here for the lecture, but they're trying to, like, sneak off and, like, investigate the academy. And they get caught by this terrifying security guard 
and they're like they're, they play it off they're like we just got lost we're trying to find the, the lecture hall and he's like it's this way and he's like uh are you forgetting something and like usagi's just like on the floor she's like my, my legs won't move because she was so scared <laughs> yeah and we do see that the outers are already infiltrated like a security room and stuff like that so they're they're further in they're doing the same thing they're because all the um most of the security is distracted by the um, by the speaker. Uh, they're yeah. finding it's they're able to get access to more places in the university without being spotted. And um, yeah. it's kind of interesting because you keep hearing the lecture as he's discussing multiverses and you know multiverse theory. And I, I think it's kind of like to prepare the audience for an understanding for what the heck Fro 90 is. Again, they don't reference it mm-hmm. directly, but it, it seems like this is like exposition that's kind of being layered over the episode to explain what the heck they're talking about when we get there. Right. Like the writers are like, oh, yeah, we have not at all planted the seeds for like, oh, yeah, these are evil refugees from another galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, uh, by the way, multidimensional stuff going on here. Anyways. Yeah. It's like different universes, galaxies, etc. And we see if we see a flashback of like the origin of like the Deathbusters, which is Hotaru, like Professor Shumway and Hotaru in his lab, and like he's talking to people about like his current experiment. I don't know if they're his students or like his fellow coworkers or like other researchers. And there's like this little snow globe looking thing is like the best way I can describe it, but it's this container which we had seen earlier in the episode and Hatari's looking at it and she's like, Hey, something's wrong with this. And then it explodes and the whole lab is on fire and everyone's dead, including Hotaru. And like Tomoe is like professor Tomoe is the only one alive and his right eye is gone. Uh, we don't see like the gory details. We like his bangs are but covering his right eye, injured. but he's just like, yeah, oh. it's very clearly. Yeah. Injured. He's just holding. And this is probably like one of the worst things in the anime because it's just this dad, screaming over his dead child um and and uh just begging like please save her like please don't let her die and that's when we get like the master pharaoh 90 voice like do you want to save her yep ominous voice comes out and uh says i can save her all i need is for you to uh offer both of your bodies to me and um, Tomo is like, anything, I will give you anything, just save her. And he's like, okay, we'll talk more about that later, you know? <laughs> so And then just, like, shoots into his face, and that's where we get, like, the eye. Because then, like, it, when the flashback ends, we see, like, Professor Tomoe's face with, like, the, the right eye, like, emblem thing on his face. Uh, and that's that's kind of it and it's very upsetting yeah it's a pretty intense because it's like oh wow this is really this is really tragic uh anyway back to mimet mimet crashes i do like that they have that i was gonna say i do like that they have that flashback though because like we've been kind of wondering all along like how do you go from being a loving husband and father to being this psycho guy obsessed with this um more obsessed with this other dimension evil creature instead of your daughter like why are you putting this before your daughter that you you seem so concerned about apparently at one point but now it makes sense because he's corrupted you know you can assume Mm -hmm. that he's he's no longer the person who was that loving father there's like fragments of him there 
which is why I think he's like in support of Hotaru having a friend, but on the other hand, trying to awaken this evil version of her, you know, because he's he's not yeah. quite himself anymore either. He's kind of partly possessed as well. Um, but yeah, yeah Mimet. So Mimet crashes the lecture. The daimon of the week is U Pasakon, and Pasakon is um, basically its personal computer, mm-hmm. which is basically a laptop. <laughs> so yeah. if someone's like, oh, I need my Pasakon, they're talking about their laptop. Um, and I don't remember what she looks like, but at some point, like, she literally, like, straddles Asimov, like, with her crotch over his face, and he looks up and blushes. <laughs> and it's just, like, it's one of those moments where I'm like, this is a very, this is, they did this for, like, any dad in the room right like <laughs> i was like this is not appropriate <laughs> but anyway it happens the inners are fighting tuxedo mask appears with chitty moon because they weren't there so like he appears with chibi moon and she does a pink sugar heart attack and it's real it's really cute and um they defeat Upasakon. i mean med is like you suckers like you don't know that i have a secret weapon this is something that like yudiel senpai created and it's going to uh increase my powers tenfold and it like basically puts her into like all of the massive screens above and she's like i'm so powerful up here and you can't touch me and then we hear like a laugh and telu shows up and she's like do you know why yudiel senpai never actually used that it's because it has one major fault which is if the power is off you go away yeah and then she pulls the plug yeah so yeah yeah it's got one massive fatal flaw and yeah it's just as simple as all you got to do is cut off the power and yeah they establish that she dies you know <laughs> like oh, yeah pull the plug like she's you die. she's dead yeah um and all of the senshi like inners and outers are like damn mm-hmm. stone cold uh and telly just leaves yeah and they build it up like once mimet has done this because sailor moon became super sailor moon and exhausted that her power to defeat the daemon so she's tired you know you see her transform back to regular sailor moon and that that major attack is gone and then mimet is like you know now my power is going to be amplified and and very quickly she's she's dead dead which is um in mm-hmm. episode 121 we le- we pick up exactly where we left off when they're the senshi are sitting around still in the the um lecture hall or wherever they are and the inner senshi and mm-hmm. the outer senshi are, are reflecting on the death like man that was really brutal they're really ruthless to kill one of their own like that um and then they reestablish. it's basically it's basically a little bit of exposition here because they argue over their differing goals and how the outers want to yeah. kill Hotaru and the inners don't want to and how um, Chibi Moon swears she go- she's going to protect Hotaru. So this isn't anything new. I think they just kind of threw this in here just to be like, in case you missed the last couple weeks, here we go. A little bit exposition. This is what's going on in the story right now, you know? Yeah, it's like the inners are very dedicated to uh, stopping the outers from committing a murder. Yeah. Like you do. Don't just don't don't middle don't murder children, folks. Hot take. Yeah. <laughs> that is their that is their message this episode is don't murder tiny children. Yeah. Uh and we cut to Telu getting a phone call, being told that her idea has been approved. 
Uh, she's very pleased with this, and we find out that instead of individually targeting people for their heart crystals, she's going to target a whole bunch of people all at once. And which, just, like, honestly, fine. yeah. And just to clarify, Telu is because this is her first appearance. Like we see her a little bit in the last episode, mm-hmm. and now we're finding out who she is. She's another member of the Witches Five, which is down to three now, and uh, she mm-hmm. is, yeah, she's got her own proposal that she submitted. And um, we find out more about her. Yeah, so so she opens up a shop and she sells each plant for 10 yen. And for those who don't know, like 10 yen is, so like 100 yen is a dollar. So she's selling them for 10 cents. Yep. Uh, she's basically giving them away and people are like, woo, that's such a deal. Because look, if there's anything, look, if you're going to get an Asian, if you want to catch an Asian, all you have to do is put a sale out. <laughs> she's saying this as an Asian, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm Indian. Like, so like as somebody, like as somebody whose parents are from Asia, like as a first generation immigrant, like I have spoken to many other Asians and it's basically like, you put a sale sign up and we're there. I don't care if you're East Asian, South Asian, Southeast Asian, Central Asian. No, you see a sale for sale sign. You see like sale 50% off or whatever. Like they're there. Yeah. Okay. Gotta check it out. That's just a continental thing. <laughs> like we're not interested in paying full price. Right. Um. So yeah, uh, the <laughs> shop is going well. She's also telling people like, oh, it's good luck and you know, all this stuff like that. So they're flying off like, like hotcakes. And um, yeah. And Professor, we cut to Professor Tomoe talking to Kaori and he's like, and this is where we find out like, no, this is genuinely Kaylee Knight. Yeah. This is like some sort of like recreation. Professor Tomoe revived her and she's just been serving as an assistant. He's like, I'm ready for you to hit the field. Like, I need you back in the field. And she's like, are you sure? Because she just wants to dedicate her life to him, I she guess. She just wants to be a wife. And he's like, no. Yeah, she just wants to be his wife. And he's like, no, I need you in the field. And then she transforms into, like, her full Kaylee Knight. And, like, I'm just sitting here like, how the fuck do you have the power to revive her? <laughs> like, what's happening? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in English... In English, they they actually use the term resurrected, which was interesting. I'm wondering if it's related. Mm. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's related to, um, I mean, we saw that Tomoe was able to be restored to some capacity. And we saw that um, Hotaru was able to be um, resurrected or revived in some way. So maybe now that they have access to Pharaoh 90, that that's something that they were able to do, you know? Um, I guess yeah we don't have any it's just like they wanted Kaylee Knight back and so here she is yeah yeah and she thanks him for it she she um and has been very dedicated to him so yeah I was like oh finally it's like because this whole time like so in the manga you know Hotaru is a cyborg she's she part robotic so like part of me was wondering is is this Kaori or is this is this Kaori Knight or is this like a robot you know because it's not it's yeah. not off the table that this could be just like a robot but yeah no we we find out it's her she's been resurrected or revived some kind of way and uh we see her shift into the lab assistant into like her evil uh her evil form with her full glamorous outfit and all um mm-hmm. uh in the meantime Pluto sees Telu selling all these plants and she's like, that sounds suspicious. I'm going to buy one of those and analyze it. 
uh, and we see Chibiusa, like, like, we see Usagi and Luna, and, like, Usagi's just like, where did Chibiusa go? Because Chibiusa tricked Usagi into taking her out for a walk. Uh-huh. And Luna's like, she ditched you because she's trying to go to Mugengaku and to find Hotaru. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so Chibiusa's, like, at the gate, and she's like, all right, time to go, and she, like, moves to go, and Usagi just kind of, like, picks her up by the back of her shirt. And she does, like, the whole, like, running in place thing in midair. And it's like, he's like, nah, uh-uh, you, you don't go in there. Yeah, yeah. She's, so she stops her before she can get any into any trouble, get into any danger. And, um, yeah. I guess... And the cats scold Chibiusa. Like, both Artemis and Luna are there. And they're like, like, what were you thinking? That was so dangerous. And she starts crying because she's like, I just want to save my friend. Yeah. And Isaki's really sweet to her. She's gentle. She's kind. She's wise. She's like, what you want to do is the right thing. Like, this is a very pure act, essentially. Um, but, like, they go home. Yeah. But we can't do this right now, basically. Um, and so, yeah, then we see go- more going on with the plant. You know, it's selling. Setsuna has bought one, and she's studying it. And she, she, it's revealed that it's like draining life force from the surrounding plants in, um, like a greenhouse, I guess. And, uh, while she's, um, studying it, it's like in a glass case and the flower blooms. And when it blooms, it starts ejecting some kind of energy that shatters the glass around it. And before Setsuna can actually get attacked by this thing, her orb appears, the garnet orb, and it protects her. Um, so she's she realizes what this thing is, what it does, and all that. And we cut to Hotaru, who is like in her evil form. She wakes up and she's like, what am I doing here? What is this? And she gets out of the house and she's walking along. And I guess Teru, I, I guess the witches don't know what Hotaru looks like. Because Teru gifts... They really yeah, don't. Because Teru gives her um, what she's saying is the last plant. She's like, oh, this is the last plant. It's so popular. It gives good luck. And she gives her the um, this potted plant. And uh, Hotaru is like, oh, well, you know, this luck is wasted on me. I'm going to go give it to Chibiusa. And so she, she takes it to, she goes to visit her. And um, she she's with Chibiusa and for a moment she turns to like like her evil self and wants to take Chibiusa's pure heart crystal but like you see in her mind the real Hotaru flash being like stop it and um it pulls her out of it and stops herself from um harming Chibiusa but she's really upset she doesn't want to hurt her and she says um she basically begs chibiusa and usagi to help her because there's something wrong with her she doesn't want to hurt people and before they can like look into this kaolinite appears just floating in the air her evil witch self and like grabs her takes her away and like disappears again um and that's when setina she arrives she sees the plant, and she's getting more of... <laughs> she's really racking up points on the, on the shit list, on Chibiusa's shit list. She walks up, she sees the plant, and she just, like, slaps that out of Chibiusa's hand, and it shatters on the ground. And she was like, why would you do that? That was a gift from Hotaru. What is wrong with you? But it, it hits the ground, and then, like, the ground around it 
the the plant life like shrivels and dies and she explains she explains that the Taloon when they blossom they'll steal people's uh heart crystals and that if they don't get to the bottom of it what if things if these things all blossom at once the city's going to be in some serious danger so yeah and like pluto says like if otari was trying to give that to you she might not really be a good person right right and chibius is like i know she didn't know i i don't believe that she knew that that's what it does i know she didn't you know so they go to um they go to the flower shop and they sneak in through the back to try to get to the bottom of it and this is kind of cool because you don't really see this team up very often it's just sailor moon chibi moon and sailor pluto so um yeah they they sneak in and they get there in time to observe teru begins her attack so she like changes into her witch form and all the plants blossom and everybody from the shop gets their heart crystal removed and she traps them all uh, all the heart crystals in like a little black star that she's got and she's really efficient yeah it's a really efficient technique Telu is great. Telu came in and she was like, I'm like, I'm not here to play bitch games. I'm not going to win bitch prizes. I'm going to steal a fuck ton of heart right. crystals. And I'm going to go I, home. I, I was uh, surprised also that like everybody there had a pure heart crystal. And I'm starting to think, does everybody just have a pure heart crystal? Like maybe that's where they they were failing before. It's just like, we have to find these rare people with pure heart crystals. And Telu's like, just attack everybody. Somebody's got to have one. Yeah, she's just like, why bother? Like, don't go individually. Just full area attack. Right. And just like, if they have them, then we grab them. And if they don't, then they die. What? What's the big Right, deal? right, right. So it's very efficient. Um, and she yeah. seems to be doing a really good job at first. Yeah, I like that she she does not have a specific diamond. She basically just has these plants. And so when, like, Sailor Moon, Chibi Moon, and Pluto are there to, like, stop her, she just, like, roid rages the plants. Yeah. And we get a big plant monster. Yeah, yeah. So Sailor Moon, um, Tuxedo Mask joins them as well and uh, encourages Sailor Moon to cleanse the, the plants. So I, I don't know. You just kind of see them destroyed. I don't know if they've actually been cleansed. But Telu grabs one, she soups it up, turns into a plant monster, and um, this is where her whole plan falls apart, because she's like, yeah, this powerful monster, it, it targets a pure hearts, and it's gonna, you know, it's gonna mess you up. And, uh, and then she pulls out the little star. This is where she, she really fucked up, because she pulls out the little star, she's like, this holds, you guys can fight this monster. This holds all the pure hearts I just stole. I'm going to go take it to, I'm going to go take it with me. And Tuxedo Mask immediately chucks a rose and smacks it out of her hand and it shatters, releasing all the hearts. Which, and she gathers all the heart crystals and then the big old plant monster's like, "Mm, yeah, so it gets, it gets confused and attacks Telu and Telu is trying to get away from the monster and they wind up destroying each other. So like it's horrible. Yeah, it's pretty awful. It's it's very very much one of those um evil destroys itself moments, you know? Yeah, it's it's like okay, so the equivalent of this is basically like when Clayton hangs himself with all of the vines and <laughs> Disney's Tarzan. Yeah, it that's what it, it feels like. It does have that feel. It does. Yeah. 
Um, Because it's not, like, explicit or gory, but it feels like it should be. Right. It's got that energy. Yeah. And anyway, in, like, the remains of her, they find that they find a school ID reading uh, Ruru Teruno. Mm -hmm. And they figure, and it's a Mugengakuen ID. And they're like, oh, my God. She was a student. Mugengakuen. Yeah, she was a student there, and that's where we end the episode. Yep. And so the next episode, we're going to cover the last six episodes of Sailor Moon S, so episodes 122. So, yeah, episodes 122 to 127. Okay. And I'm I'm typing yeah. that down, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will send, I will, it's literally the last six episodes of the series, of the season. Yes. Sorry. Um. So, yeah, then we'll be done with Sailor Moon S, and we're going to go dive into our character details. Yay! It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, this this part of the series is really... Re- I think this is the part of the series that people really remember, because this is where the story picks up, mm-hmm. this is where the characters are shiny more, the humor has improved, the animation has improved. Like, this is, like, the sweet spot of the, spot of the show that, I like, colors people's memory of it, I think. Yeah, like, it gets really intense and really serious. This is, like, the point in Sailor Moon where anytime someone's, like, it's like a dark Sailor Moon, like, I just turn and I'm like, have you watched Sailor Moon? <laughs> like, there's a lot of horror elements in Sailor Moon. There really is. That I, that, you know, just a lot of people who haven't read or watched any of it don't seem to understand because well, they just see, like, cute magical girl. Right. And like monster of the week format, so they don't think anything of it. And it's like no, it gets pretty messed up. I'm like, I don't know how to tell you, but everybody dies a right. lot. But then you know, also if their only exposure was the 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 American dub, the Deke dub, you know, then it's going to be yeah. colored by that because like they weren't allowed to really depict death. They weren't allowed. There was so much that they had to censor that they got this full bubblegum version of it um where they weren't allowed to show the the darker parts of the story so that was all removed for american audiences yeah so it didn't get to be as sad as melancholy as horrifying as it can be sometimes we just they just wanted power rangers over here you know and there's enough there's they they had to sanitize power rangers too i know well they had to sanitize uh, Super Sentai. But Power Rangers yeah. is, is really an entity all of itself, you know? <laughs> yeah, after, yeah, after that's all true. that. So, yeah, they didn't want Super Sentai. They didn't want Sailor Moon. They wanted Power Rangers. They wanted Power Rangers with girls. So, it's mm-hmm. a very different mood to um, the original yeah. content. Um, even the original content from the manga, because, you know. The, the manga was much darker than the anime and then the American dub was much yeah. much darker I mean it was far less dark than than that so we've got these levels of being watered down um mm-hmm. and plus we had this monster of the week format so I think like when it comes to Madoka which is what you're referring to is um Magica Madoka which was blatantly dark and also not made for this weekly for- weekly format. It's in this new era where people are watching these episodes back to back, where they can have these 
intertwined stories now. It's a storytelling style we just weren't able to do on TV before. So these, it's able to be more obviously dark now, whereas before it kind of had to be snuck in there. Yeah. But, yeah, it definitely, I mean, it's got its roots here, you know? Some Somebody mm-hmm. looked at these magical role formats and was like, you know, there's some serious horror in that. We should play that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm glad that, like, we're finally getting there yeah. as a species. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Pod or contact us through email at Podcast at gmail.com. All that information is in our show notes. Thanks to Barbara Daly for the use of her artwork. Please rate and review us wherever you find us. Or, tsukini kawatte, oshiokyo! Oh,